everyone, and welcome to the Dr. Christian Heim podcast, where we're living for preventative mental health, love, and compassion. I'm glad you joined us again. I'm Caroline Heim, and today we continue our series taken directly from the monthly live Q&As that Dr. Heim does on the iHealth Radio channel in New York with the dynamic host, Hurricane H. In today's episode, we drop in on a conversation about how to get rid of an addiction. Do you have selfish and critical people in your life? Dr. Heim gives some points on how to handle them and talks a little bit about narcissistic personality disorder. One of the callers asks, why do people hurt each other but don't have any remorse? To answer this, Dr. Heim touches on antisocial personality disorder and psychopathy. And the episode finishes on a bit of a lighter note, answering the question, are we born with altruism? Lots of great information here, so let's jump straight into it. Well, again, I want to uh, go back to that question about the addiction. Sure. Uh, and, and you were kind of explaining, like, there is a way to, to get rid of it, not so much by removing it, but, but finding something different. Yeah, yeah. And so one way of uh, encapsulating that is in something that Friedrich Nietzsche said, uh, give me the why and I will find the how. So if you need to give up alcohol, ask yourself why. Why am I doing this? Because I want to be healthy, because I want to have better relationships, because I want to live longer. Uh, whatever the answer is for you, make that the central purpose. Aha, that's what I want. And I want that more than I want alcohol. Now I'll find a way to be able to do it. You know, it's funny, doctor, that you said that because um, I had, again, I'm sharing experiences and, and something similar, not, not with, 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 I guess, alcohol or any addiction, but uh, it was with tobacco and cigarettes. So a friend of mine was applying for a job, but the company requested or had a requirement that you could not possibly get a job unless you quit smoking. Yes. yes. <laughs> so you, you, you have to be a non-smoker to be able to get the job. Yes. He made the effort and he stopped smoking. Literally 45 days later, he was hired. Yes. So, yes. so, so there was enough motivation to him, uh, you know, which is, you know, financial gain and, and stability and all that and an opportunity. And that was good enough to, to get him to quit. Uh, yeah. Again, I don't know about the difference between cigarettes and, and tobacco versus like, you know, alcohol, but yeah. at the end of the day, you said it, it's all addiction. So, well, that's right. And a lot of surgeons, for example, uh, will tell people that they're not allowed to smoke. Otherwise you won't get the operation. So, so a guy mm -hmm. who goes to a surgeon who needs a lung operation and the surgeon asks, are you a smoker? And the guy says, yeah, I smoke 20 cigarettes a day. And the surgeon says, no, you're a non-smoker. And he says, you're not listening to me, doc. I, I, I smoke 20 cigarettes a day. And the surgeon says, if you want this operation, you're a non-smoker. And because the operation was there to help save his life, he said, you're right, doc, I'm a non-smoker. And it's because he wanted something more than the cigarettes, and that was to stay alive. Yeah, I think that's important. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, listen, I mean, that there's no better motivation than that. And but but you're right. <laughs> I think you know you, you, it's it's a it's a great point for people listening and watching. I mean, it's just think about it. I mean, it's when you're addicted to something, you find another addiction, hopefully a better one. Not so, I mean, I'm not saying get addicted to something else, but like find a, a target, a goal of something that's going to change. I guess. 
that's my understanding yeah. of the concept so no 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 but that understanding is, is actually is actually very real uh hurricane what you're saying uh and it brings up something else because uh when somebody is addicted to something like alcohol or cigarettes then what they find is if they give that up then it's like the mind is looking for another addiction uh mm. give me some some weed give me some porn give me something else all right so the question is, how do I get out of this, uh, this mire of addiction altogether? And the answer is that you need to find something worthwhile that requires more effort. Uh, the things that are addictive are instant gratification. It takes no effort and you get a lot of pleasure quickly. Now, when you find things that are worthwhile, but they take effort beforehand, and I'm going to use the example of becoming uh, a mountain climber, that takes a lot of effort. You've got to spend months making yourself fit. You've got to get all your equipment. And then when you finally get to the Andes Mountains and you stand on top of that mountain and you say, this is what I wanted. I wanted to be on top of the world and to look out over a mountain range. That takes a lot of effort. But you see, it's so much more worthwhile. That, that becomes a life-changing experience that is exhilarating. And it far eclipses any time of having drunk too much alcohol or sitting there smoking a lot of cigarettes, but it takes the effort and you grow as a person. And that's the biggest pleasure. I couldn't agree more. <laughs> I mean, you know, case case uh, is, is really, you know, a closed case here. <laughs> you, anyone, <laughs> anyone watching and listening? I mean, it's a simple formula and I, I think there is a way. I think everybody can find a way to, to really uh, mitigate this quickly and finding an alternative, hopefully a better alternative, not, not something worse. Uh, where yeah. it gets the worst, you know, addiction. Yeah, uh, well, yeah, that's right. And and uh, worthwhile things in life all take effort. If it's uh, playing a musical instrument, a sport, being in a good relationship, uh, getting a university degree, anything, making money, it takes effort. You've got to put the, the effort in first, okay? Yeah, you got to put in the time <laughs> and the energy and the money. That's it, and the yeah. belief. That's right. All right. Well, I got, I got an interesting question. Um, are we good with that one? Well, we're good with that one. Yep. All right. So um, question says, I have a friend who is never happy for anyone. And with anything, uh, if finding wrong in every situation, loves to belittle people and gossip, never compliments on any accomplishments or congratulates for anything. Furthermore, she criticizes she, okay, everybody and no one is at her level. What is her problem? <laughs> is she a narcissist or does she have superiority, a superiority syndrome? Um, Anna from Long Island. <laughs> so I'm sorry, but an interesting okay. question. Yeah, an interesting question. Okay, so so the question is actually, uh, wh wh why are people crabby? Why, why are people unhappy, <laughs> right? I mean, the, the bottom line- to Haters. The question, <laughs> well, the bottom line to the question, what is her problem? I actually don't know. But what I do know, there is a problem underlying who she is. There may be something in her life that is unresolved. There may be something that happened that she is really resentful about that she doesn't talk about. Maybe she has a medical condition that is just really difficult. And uh, if, if you think that somebody is just crabby, they're not. There's always a reason, but we don't know. We do not know the suffering that somebody else has gone through. Uh, even what we call narcissistic personality disorder, we like to think, oh, these are just selfish people. But because I've worked with a lot of people who have narcissistic personality disorder, there is always something. There was a childhood experience that led to that. So there was always suffering. The only difficulty is 
uh, people like this can make life difficult for the people around them. So the question then becomes, well, how do I handle these sort of people? If, as this person seems to have done, you choose to still have this person as a friend, and that is wonderful, everybody deserves friendship, everybody deserves to be part of the human race. Uh, just have a little idea that I don't understand all that's going on here, but this person deserves my friendship too, right? And as long as it doesn't affect who you are, the idea is for your light to shine into their life so that they go, you know, I may have a crap life, but I've got one good friend. And that makes an enormous difference to somebody's life. That's beautiful, doctor, because I, I didn't think about it that way. <laughs> you know, I mean, most of us probably call, but maybe this is not a time to have a, a type of friend that's going to be always criticizing. But you're right. I mean, you got to go beyond that. I mean, most of the people will be like, OK, why do I need a friend that's that's never supportive? I mean, it's almost the opposite. You're asking for this particular for Anna to support her friend. But then that particular Anna doesn't feel that her friend supports her. I think that's, no, that's the contrast. Right. Yeah, that's right. And, and it's challenging. Story. Yeah, it is challenging because there's room in a friendship to say, hey, you know, uh, you seem to be putting me down all the time. You're criticizing people all the time. Lighten up a bit. I, I just want to enjoy time with you. You know, there, uh, every friendship can say things like that. There's room for that because uh, the thing about uh, friendship is that you both want to grow as people. You want to feel better for the friendship. So you want to make each other just a little bit better. And sometimes things have to be said. That's what friendship's for as well, you know. Well, thank you. Well, again, one thing that comes to mind here is that, you know, uh, we hear this word by haters and people don't like you know anyone to succeed. Uh, I mean, it's almost yeah. related to this. I mean, unfortunately, there yeah. are some folks that just they're never going to be happy for you no matter what you do. Uh, yeah. You know, it's like it's almost like the enemy of success. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and, but is that a narcissist, you know, in, in part of the definition or I mean, is that somebody or attributes to a narcissism, you know, uh, well, syndrome? well, Hurricane, you, you just don't know. Um, uh, because, uh, look, I'm, I'm a psychiatrist and I'm supposed to be able to read people. Okay. But <laughs> when I first get to, when I first get to meet somebody, whatever judgments or assumptions I made, they get torn down pretty quickly as you find out what's really going on with this person. Doctor, and we have another call. <laughs> okay. okay good. All right. Not bad. Not bad. <laughs> Hello, caller. You're on the air. Welcome to iHealth Radio. Who's this? Yes. Hi, <clears throat> this is James. I'm from Washington. Hi, James. Hi, how are you? You're live with, with Hurricane H and Dr. Heim. You have a question. Talk to us. Well, talk to the doctor. <laughs> yes, hi, doctor. How are you today? Well, thank you, James. Um, this is my first time ever calling in, so, you know, it's kind of nerve-wracking to ask a question. But, you know, I, I in my line of you know work, I come across people that are very aggressive and eager to hurt others without any yeah. remorse. Why is yep. that? All right. So uh, that's a good question, James. We're basically asking why people can end up wanting to hurt each other and uh, to the point where we have to lock them up, right? Jail is what I call wall therapy. And some people need wall therapy. We need to keep them away from other people so that they don't hurt them. So how does this happen? Uh, look, I spent some time uh, speaking with people who are in uh, jails, but psychologists and psychiatrists who work with people in the judicial system and the correctional system tell me when you hear the stories of the childhoods that people have had, 
you tend to think, you know, it's no wonder that people end up on the path that they do. And so uh, there's this very complex interplay between adverse life experiences. And there's a huge study called the ACE study of what adverse childhood experiences and how that ends up in people having a very difficult adulthood, uh, all from not quite as successful all the way down to ending up in jail. But there's a complex interplay between that, the experiences people have, and the choices that people make as to how to react to the um, adverse experiences that they had. Does that make sense, James? Oh, it makes a lot of sense, but why do they have no remorse? Why do they do what they do and they, and they, they don't even feel guilty or bad? So when people have no remorse, then uh, psychiatrically speaking, we put them in a category of, let's say, antisocial personality disorder or even psychopathy uh, because it is part of human nature to have what we call empathy from one person to the other. And that's mediated in the brain in the anterior cingulate cortex that we kind of feel each other's pain. But if you imagine that you're somebody who is for some reason driven to inflict pain on somebody else, it doesn't help if you feel that pain. So the way that I see it, and I'm not saying this is a science, this is my personal point of view, it becomes a defense mechanism to shut down any remorse and any pain that you feel towards other people. And this is what allows people to become serial cheaters, serial killers, or uh, serial offenders in some way. Uh, but it is a breakdown of what is natural in what I see uh, in human beings. Does that make sense, James? It makes a lot of sense, thank you. So it's a, so it's a kind of disorder that, that makes people do what they do and, and, and have no remorse or no empathy or any kind of sympathy. Huh? Uh, yeah, it's, it's actually best to see it as a disorder because a disorder can be corrected. There is something that can be done about it. Whereas if it's just a state of being, this person is just a bad person, then there's nothing that you can do about it. And I don't believe that there are people who are just bad people. There would have been steps that uh, pushed them towards that direction, but there are also choices that they would have made to go in that direction. Uh, that's where the science is heading as far as those complex questions are concerned. Dr. Jaime, if I may. Well, I mean, interestingly speaking, I mean, because it's a disorder, you said, you're, we talked about, you know, treating people and, and getting under, you know, what causes the problem and eventually get them some sort of treatment uh, one way or the other. And, and eventually they can change uh, with, with, with the course of time and treatment. But then, but I think one of the part that, well, at least what I, I picked up also from, from uh, the call is that, um, I work, and I've seen this actually, uh, you know, in, in the workplace. You would mention earlier bullying. You know, yeah, there yeah. are people that would do anything just to, to get to the next level. They'll step on yes. people and they, there's, there's no bad feelings. They'll, they'll hurt people. Yes. They, they'll, they'll even affect their livelihood. Yes, yes. And, and this gets the core of what James was saying. Uh, why would people hurt other people mm -hmm. without remorse? Um, but again, even uh, what you'll feel me doing is not making an us and them situation because one thing that we all learn about ourselves is that we all actually have the potential to hurt each other. Interesting. I, could, I could hurt the people around me by doing certain things or saying certain things, uh, but because we can be hurt ourselves, that stops us. You know what? It hurts to be hurt. I don't like it when people call me names, so I'm not going to go do people. It hurts when people put a, a, a knife into me. 
So I'm not going to do that to other people. And I know it's, it's almost comical, but that's actually a fundamental lesson that we don't like being hurt ourselves. And that actually curbs us hurting other people. But <laughs> no, you know, I'm laughing. Yeah, go ahead. I'll tell you why. Yeah. yeah, okay. But if it gets to the stage where somebody has been hurt so much in their childhood experiences that they make a decision that they don't care anymore, they're just out for vengeance, <clears throat> that's when we have to put them in what we used to call prisons, which we now call correctional centers, because we still have the hope that, you know what, we, we want you to get better. We don't want this to be you. Thank you, doctor. <laughs> that's all right, Hurricane. Well, I, I, uh, James, are you still with us? I am here. Thank you. That was very interesting to hear because you always question why people do things and, you know, you always question why things happen. And, yes. you know, when you're on the other receiving end of some of that stuff, it, yes. it makes you think like, you know, why me? Yes, that's true. James, if I may add, so, so, but doctor, in this case, what could someone like James or any of us do to, to help? I mean, in the case, the question before that, we talked about like being a supportive yeah. friend. Yeah. I mean, in this case, how do you kind of work around it? I mean, is there a way you can, you can possibly yeah. contribute to, to changing these folks? Uh, I, I yes. don't know. If you, yeah. Yes, but let, let's take, let's take James's situation. So James has mm -hmm. sort of said, you know, when you're on the receiving end of something like this, you sort of say, why me? Right, mm -hmm. and James is absolutely right, and that that those two those two words, why me, is something that I have to deal with a lot when I talk to people who have undergone personal trauma. So the first thing to do is to make a choice that I'm not here to hurt anybody else, because when you've been hurt yourself, you will feel this anger and resentment well up to the point where you could lash out and hurt somebody else. But that takes a decision. So, uh, so what I uh, say to people who have been hurt a lot is for them to make a decision, well, I don't want to pass that on. They are already contributing to the happiness of all of humankind that way. And it's hard. <clears throat> it's hard to make that decision. But you can feel good about making that decision because uh, you are making a decision not to put somebody else in that situation, right? And that's before we start sort of saying, can I help somebody else who has been in this situation, which is a whole new kettle of fish. But I, I was recently looking up some studies on altruism. Uh, and uh, the question is, do we learn about altruism or are we born with altruism? What makes a good person good? And the answer seems to be that we are all born with the potential to be somewhere on the scale of really altruistic or selfish and even mean. And we have the potential, and depending on what society around us uh, values, and uh, uh, depending on the choices we make, we will end up somewhere on that. But here's the thing about choices. This is what I love about choices. You can always choose to do something different right in this very moment. Wow. <laughs> James, are you still with us? Yeah. yeah, I'm here. I'm here. Thank you for that explanation. Because, you know, I always wonder, and, you know, and I'm like, you know, uh, I, I really am kind of shy I don't, I'm really embarrassed to go talk to somebody but you know living that life and, and always thinking you know why somebody do what they do and why you know sometimes yeah. we're at the you know butt end of it yeah excuse the pun you know it kind of makes you think you know again why yeah. me and it's always why me why do yeah. we have to go through this or you know why the kids why my siblings and or why my friends you know it, it comes like, is it us in the sense versus 
is, you know, are they having just a bad day or they're having these these disorders or or was it makes you question, you know, is it us versus, you know, are they just, are we causing this? And so, you know, it's kind of awakening to understand that, you know, sometimes people um, do what they do and, you know, it could be a disorder and maybe hopefully they can get treatment. Yes, yes, that is true. That is true. But but ultimately, James, you'll also find yourself butting up the whole uh, against the whole question of suffering, because suffering is part of life. In fact, in a sense, it's it's what we're striving to work against so that we can actually survive and not only survive, but thrive and grow as people and to to bring less suffering into life uh, tends to be better. But science doesn't actually think in terms of what's good or bad it just thinks in terms of what is but as soon as you do something like medicine you do think in terms of good and bad because health is good and sickness is bad um, uh, generosity is good and crime is bad and so collectively uh, it does help when we strive towards the good and why anybody makes the decisions they do is a very complex issue but James, thanks for coming out on the show and uh, having a question. Thank you, James. Thank you very much. Have a good night. Good night. Okay. Bye bye. Bye now. Wow, that was deep. <laughs> yes, it was very All deep. Right. Uh, well, I think that that's a that's a question that I think anyone could probably relate to in one one way or the other in their life. They've met someone uh, in that same realm, especially in the workplace. I mean, I've experienced it and. Uh, uh, I mean, again, in my role in the business, I'm I'm a lead, leader of of a division and stuff like that. But I always, uh, you know, try to remember when I wasn't <laughs> and and how I felt. So I learned I learned that you know the concept that you know you want to do the right thing for others because you don't want that to be done to you, as you said earlier. Yes, yes. In fact, we can look at James's question because James basically asked, "Why do people do bad things?" Oh, yeah. uh, well, we can actually ask the question, why do people do good things? Uh, I like that. that uh, why, why do people do good things, sometimes at their own expense? Uh, and uh, humanity is full of people who will do good things even at the cost of their own lives. That is yep. really quite incredible. And the point that I want to make with this is we admire that. We admire the soldiers that will defend a country. We admire the people that will uh, run into a burning building to save people. We admire the Heroes. people who uh, will uh, go in to help somebody who is drowning or somebody who says, here, save this person before me. We admire all of that, which means that there is something in our spirit that strives towards that. And so uh, it just seems right, and that's not a scientific word, uh, to keep striving for the good and to keep alleviating suffering. Uh, that's, that's what I do as a doctor. Uh, that's what, in a way, we all do. We all try to make the world safer, more prosperous, and more peaceful. Uh, and yes, we can ask why there are some people that move against that, but on the whole, we all have the potential to move against that, but most of us, the vast majority of us, choose, no, nah, I want to be on the side of good. And I, I like that it's that way, but there is no scientific answer as to why it is like that. Doctor, I, I have to believe, and I, and I think you, you, we had this potentially discussion before, what, where I feel that in this world, I mean, there's better, there's more good than bad. And yes. I think the majority of people are inclined to do good than just their, you know, uh, 
good citizens. They do the right thing. They're willing to help, you know, but, but in disaster, sometimes you'll see a lot of that. And I, I've, I witnessed it live, you know, and even in, in COVID, like in the beginning of COVID, you've seen a lot of, you know, I mean, the essential workers and, and, and the, uh, the frontline workers, I mean, they were out there in, in day in, day out risking their lives and then, you know, risking even bringing the disease to their homes. You have that. I mean, and uh, it, it's, it's amazing, uh, but you're right. There's other people that, that, you know, few people, I would say, I mean, we hear crime, but but when you compare crime to non-crime and to, to just normal, I mean, it's it's limited. Uh, yes. Although any crime is 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 too, one too many. <laughs> yes, well, that's true. But <clears throat> the nice thing is, over the last fifty years, the crime rates in the USA have come down. Oh, big. and yeah. as, as you say, in the COVID crisis, we have people who have given up their lives for the greater good, and uh, because we are in a crisis. Most people are basically rallying around to sort of say, we got to get on top of this. There are big companies trying to find answers. There are health workers that are trying to put in systems so that we, we do the most good for the most amount of people. And somehow I believe that lies in the idea that we all want to go on living. And so the better that this world is, the more chance I have for living a better life and a longer life. So if I can do that for a whole lot of people, other people will benefit, but I'll benefit too. So you get to this idea that we're either going to survive together or we're all going to fry together, you know? So um, well, we may as well go for the good. Doctor, I know we're coming out at the end of the, the show right now. And, but, but really, that, that's an excellent, an excellent way to, to, to look at it because we, we talk about team, right? Yeah. And, and yeah. as a society, we should operate as such. I mean, uh, you know, in crisis and not, I mean, we have to, to help each other. And I think it is designed to be that way you know we can't be all doing the same thing we all do different things to contribute and you know we pay taxes although people can disagree with that you know yeah. so for the common you know the common use right you know for roads yeah. for for infrastructure for healthcare, whatever the case may be but that's just a general you know uh generalization but but there's more to it even in a personal level whether you're in family so so for the most part, it works, but unfortunately, there's always, uh, you know, some, I guess, uh, tangent, <laughs> you know, or like some some elements that that do deviate from that particular mission or that 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 same common goal, and and it's just it is what it is. Uh, but you, I mean, folks like you, I mean, are out, out literally day in day out helping people. Uh, I mean, to the literal term, to to change them to be better, and and that's that's something that is, uh, you know. Uh, Definitely something commendable. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, but uh, Hurricane, we're all kind of um, involved in that somehow. So uh, you're on the radio at the moment, and the, and what you have set up is part of that same process. Mm. Whatever job James in Washington is doing is part of that process. If somebody uh, is at home providing for a family, they're part of the same process. The brain is not uh, designed just to survive. It's also there to thrive and to do better. So team human race wants to do better, which is why we're all got our part to do that. And if we can keep that idea of team human race, uh, then we can march into a future that, that looks better. Uh, we've got a lot of obstacles to get there, okay? I know it's complex, but they're the sort of challenges that we have and it's worth taking on those challenges. And Dr. Haim, you know, I, I, I always appreciate, you know, that you are, um, always positive and, and, and you, you're, you're striving and thriving <laughs> in, in the concept of, of making good, you know, and, and I think that's, that's a, 
uh, just amazing. And uh, you deal with a lot of, cause you hear all kinds of stuff, I'm sure. And, yeah, and, yeah. and, and that, there's an impact, but, but, you know, to your point, there's a cost, uh, but, but we can all contribute to, to yeah. make a difference. And I think that's, that's really the bottom line uh, through shows, through helping direct, through, through volunteering, uh, yeah. you know, all the good stuff. I mean, and, and also learning how to deal with things, you know, which is important. So. Yeah. 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 We're all part of it. So. Doctor, you know, I, I hate, I hate, you know, when, when we, we end the show, cause I, you know, I have a lot of questions. <laughs> I don't even know if we finished the last one, but I think we did. And uh, folks, uh, thank you for watching, for listening in and uh, live with Dr. Heim. Uh, if you have any questions, feel free to send them to us. Uh, you'll see the post uh, to administration at iHealthRadioUSA.com. And, or you can call the, the number on live when we are at the show, 8484 828052. And uh, that will also give you access, just like James uh, had, you know, a nice conversation. So, so we look forward to that. Thank you very much. Have a great day. We're so glad you joined us for this episode. Did you enjoy it? Would you like to hear it live and ask a question? Then tune into the iHealth channel on the last Friday of every month. Links in the description. If you like these podcasts, please subscribe, spread the word and recommend them to others. Look, I hope you're traveling okay. Remember, we are all carrying an extra 20 pounds of anxiety. So be gentle with yourself. Catch you next time.